Well, good morning, church. If you want to open your Bibles to me, the book of 1 Corinthians this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you guys ready to worship this morning? Praise the Lord. Can we give the Lord a round of applause for life change and baptism, choir, orchestra, praise teams? Wow. That didn't get you fired up. I don't know what will. Now I have the pleasure of kind of extending this experience. Uh, for those of you who are new, welcome to our church. My name is Matt Brooks. I'm the senior pastor here at First Baptist Church of Broken Arrow, and we're praising God for life change and baptisms. And uh, we're even praising the Lord. We got a quarterly business meeting after the 11 o'clock service. I mean, things are that good. Praise God. And I'm excited because we're in the midst of a series called Forward 365 Every day faith. We've been discussing what we're going to do in 2021. Now what we do is a result of who we are. And at First Baptist, we exist to reach BA and beyond by multiplying disciples to follow Jesus. We want to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that follow Jesus, which means then that everything counts. Your life matters. And so what we want to do is that we want to be strategic and intentional with using the resources that God has given us, that taking the people that God has blessed us with to fulfill the mission God has for our church, which then means we kicked off this series by saying, remember, we're going to be Jesus first in 2021. We're going to live for him in BA and beyond. We are his people. This is his church. We live in his city, his state, his country, his world, and we're going to take the gospel by God's grace to the ends of of the earth. We want to be Jesus' first people in 2021. Secondly, we want to take a step. Endless possibilities are possible when we take a step. And so as we make disciples and make disciples and make disciples, we realize God doesn't often do this in a linear fashion. He doesn't. But rather, if we are strategic and intentional to just trust the Lord by faith, one step at a time, He can change your life. Which means that we want you to engage in a worship service. And by God's grace, we have three of them every single Sunday. 8.30, 9.45, and 11. We want you to take a step. We want you to be in a group. We realize that as we go larger and larger and larger, we have to be passionate about going smaller and smaller and smaller. We need one another. You need a group. Take a step. We also want you to invest in a few We've got 365 groups coming. These are men meeting with other men. These are women meeting with other women in groups of three to five for a year, 18 months, or nine months, or however the Lord leads. Invest in what truly matters. Take a step. We want you to make an impact, and that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, about what that looks like, that you've been gifted by God to make an impact for God. We have the potential to see Jesus change Lives. There's nothing better. There's nothing sweeter. There's nothing that we would ever want to give our life toward than that. Finally, we just want to give it away. We want to take what God has given us and we want to point everything we've got to the giver. So what does that look like in our lives? Well, today I want to inspire you to take a step, to step out on faith, to make an impact by identifying the gift God has given you in your life and then allowing you this year to use that gift to point more people to Jesus Christ. Now, did you realize, this is amazing to me, that despite this once-in-a-century pandemic, which isn't going away yet, by the way, that still almost 90% of all Americans believe their actions can make a positive, lasting difference. Furthermore, sociologists tell us in studying cultures 
that it really only takes right at 25% of that populace to forever change a community. Now, you saw this through the life of Jesus, did you not? I mean, Jesus preached to thousands. Jesus healed thousands. Jesus fed thousands. But Jesus spent over 70% of his time in the Gospels with 12 men. In order for Jesus to reach the many, he gave his life to the few. And he changed the world. And like matter, I want to inspire you today to identify the gifts God has given you. The best gift you can give someone is the gift God has given you. And when we come to 1 Corinthians 12 this morning, the Bible is going to be clear that God has equipped you to do something special. Make no mistake, you were saved to make an impact. You were gifted with someone else in mind. Me? Yes, you. Your life matters. Your walk matters. There's a reason why you're here at this specific time for this specific place, and that is to make an impact. And so with this in mind, the one thing I want you to get before you walk out of here and do life is this. You are gifted by God to make an impact for God. You have been given Christ, and Christ has given you a gift. And that gift was meant to point more people to Christ. And so we're going to tell you what that is, how to do that this morning, and then we're going to turn you loose in 2021 to do it. Are you ready? Here we go. Forward 365. Why don't we study in depthly then the first seven verses of 1 Corinthians 12. And your Bible says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed, Paul says. Look at verse 3. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God would ever say that Jesus is accursed. And no one then can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians was written by Paul, the apostle, in A.D. 53 and 54. Corinth was an amazing town. It was a seaport town there in Asia Minor. It was this convergence of culture, Roman culture and Greek culture and Jewish culture. And by the time of this writing, it was the most populated, wealthy, commercially minded, culturally obsessed city in all of Europe. And God plants a church there through the Apostle Paul. And lives begin to be changed. And all of a sudden, as God's people begin to engage culture, culture begins to infect them. And so now Paul, writing this letter to this church about hearing some of these crazy things that they're doing, says, look, I want you to be informed about these things. This matters to God. So let me bring some clarity what that looks like. And he focuses here on unity in the midst of diversity in regard to God's gifts in his church. Look at verse 1. He says here, now concerning spiritual gifts. Paul emphatically desires the Corinthians to be informed about their special, unique, spiritual gifts. You see, pagan mystery religions from Rome and Greece had dominated the culture there at Corinth. Consequently, then, Corinth was filled with priests and priestesses and soothsayers who claimed hysterically to represent God or other gods. In fact, a noted philosopher of the day, Plato, he said it well in summation of the culture, through mania, 
That is which the greatest blessings come to us. The more mayhem, the greater the experience. We have a word for that in the Greek. It's called baloney, right? (laughs) Corinthian Christians were being consumed by culture. They were not shy about presenting their spiritual gifts with sophistication and power. However, they lacked discernment on how to tell if this gift was genuinely empowered by the Holy Spirit or was a result of some bad lasagna the night before, right? And so Paul says here, now concerning your spiritual gifts. This word means spiritual qualities, characteristics under the Spirit's control. And it's something that Paul did not take lightly. In fact, he mentions this word, spiritual gifts, 14 times in 1 Corinthians alone. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Talents are developed when you are born. Spiritual gifts are given when you are born again. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to display Jesus in God's world. The Bible reminds us that you have a king who created you and knows you and loves you. Thus, he knows what's best for you, for our good and for his glory. Thus, he gifts you accordingly. And he loves for the world to see his gift I read an article this week that surprised me. Did you realize that 86% of all Americans would rather give a gift than receive a gift? Did you know that? I mean, all of us love receiving gifts, right? (laughs) No, no. Oh, yes, yes, okay. Especially with chocolate. Yeah, come on, come on. But really, appreciably, nine out of ten of us here this morning you would rather give a gift than receive a gift. And the article begins to explain why. You want to know why? Because one, they love to receive the response of those receiving the gift. Two, it is a way to show love and appreciation. Three, it allows them to to show how much this person means to them in a creative way. In like manner, Paul says, I want you to be informed, beloved about your spiritual gift. That you were made by God to love God. And God loved you enough that he knew that his love wasn't meant just for you. And so he gives you a gift. A gift that is meant to point people to the ultimate giver, Jesus Christ. And so that is why Paul says in verse 3, therefore I want you to understand That no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says that Jesus is accursed. And thus, no one can say Jesus is Lord except in or by the Holy Spirit. You see, these Christians at Corinth were confused. They were so overwhelmed by doing, they forgot who they were. Being. 
And so they got caught up in this hysteria of, of people wanting to love them and people pointing them and people wanting to appreciate them. And instead of thinking about how much value they had before God the Father, they were trying to earn favor and value from others. They were consumed and captivated by their own sin, placing the experience of their gifts over the source and content of their gifts. They immerse themselves in the pursuit then of people and other gods. You know, if we're not careful, maybe our lives will be the same. That maybe in this time of this once in a century pandemic, if we're not careful and isolating ourselves, that we'll begin to stay within ourselves and thinking that our favor and value and worth before the Lord is actually what others think about us. Paul says, no, you have to remind yourself that God is doing something supernatural in and through you. That you were made by God to live for God. And God gave his greatest gift through his son, Jesus Christ, to you. And as a result of who God is, you are his child because of what Jesus has done. And God has given you the greatest gift, Jesus. And Jesus desires to shine in and through you. So much so that the world would say, Jesus is Lord, Paul will say in verse 3. You see, if you desire to change what you are doing with your life, you must change who you are following in your life. Jesus changes everything Your value before God is not because of what you do for God, but who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. And as a result of what Jesus has done, he can take all of us, wayward from God, loving ourselves, selfward in everything we do, and yet the moment we give our lives to Christ, he says, you're mine. You're not just some molecule in existence. You're not just some fragment of consciousness. You're not a Hallmark card. You're a person made fearfully and wonderfully in the image of God. You're mine, he says. And it's such people that are so consumed and captivated by the gift of Jesus, God says, then I'm going to gift you. And you're going to tell the world on the outside who you are. On the inside, the true test of the genuineness of your gift is who gets the credit? Is whatever we're doing, is it about us? Is it about those who will make much of us? Warning, Paul says, you have your reward. But for those who say, no, 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 this is about Jesus. This is about displaying Jesus. This makes no sense besides Jesus because he's Lord. You are gifted by God to make an impact for God. Spiritual gifting then can never be a matter of people looking at us but following Jesus. I was so humbled by that truth this week. There's an author that God so graciously has given us through the years by the name of Corey Timboon. And Corey had a life that, she lived a thousand lives really. 
She was a Holocaust survivor, lost several of her family members as a result of who they were as Jews during World War II. She was in a concentration camp and by God's grace made it through it and just the, the memoirs and the telling of her experience through that has blessed tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives. And at the end of her life, Corey Tenboon was giving an interview and someone stood up in the audience and said, you know what, you know, your books hardly sell anymore. You're an afterthought. I mean, aren't you upset? Aren't you frustrated after all you've been through? Family members dead, killed, Holocaust survivor, concentration camps, ailments, and yet hardly anybody knows who you are anymore. And immediately, she answered with John chapter 12. And she told the man, do you remember John chapter 12 and Jesus' triumphal entry to Jerusalem? And he enters into the city and they cry, Hosanna, the king shall come. Long live the king. And she said he rode on a donkey. And she said as the crowd erupted, do you really think the donkey ever thought they're doing this because of me? And so she said, no. But I can tell you that if I am the means in which Jesus rides to point more people to life in him, then I choose to be his donkey any day. May we live in such a way that the only explanation is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is not just a carpenter from Nazareth. He is not just a wise man. No, he is Lord. 700 times in the New Testament, he is Lord. And you and I are to live in such a way that people see his mighty work in us and they say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Before Jesus can work through us. Jesus must do a work in us. It is the overflow of God's gracious, mighty, life-changing work in us through Jesus Christ that is life and ministry. It is that sweet spot and convergence that as you and I continue to love and pursue God through Christ, he loves and pursues us in Christ. Make no mistake, God is working in you to work out of you. God fills within to pour out. And that is life. And that is what you and I have been called to do. And by God's grace, may we move forward and do everything that God's called us to do in Christ. Onward, by faith, that people see Jesus in us. You are gifted by God to make an impact for God. So what does that look like? You know, Paul, I'm with you, brother. What does that look like? Look at verses four through seven. 
He then says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now look at verse 4. Paul says there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. He says here the Holy Spirit sovereignly and purposefully gifts His people for service. If we were to look throughout spiritual gifts in the New Testament, you would find them in four primary places. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 6 through 8, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, and 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Now, commentators suggest that there can be as many as 22 different spiritual gifts listed in the New Testament, but primarily they fall around two groups. Ready for this? Speaking and serving. And I always love that simplicity because you either know you either have one or the other. Well, it's definitely not this one, Lord. Okay, well, it could be that one. The word here is of a grace gift. Paul stresses spiritual gifts are expressions of God's sovereignty and grace to us. It is not something you and I contrive or we strive for. It is something you have because it is something you are in Christ. Spiritual gifts then can only come through salvation. They are a supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit in us. God owns us and has authority over his gifts. We then are simply stewards of what God has gifted us for him. So then what's a spiritual gift then? You ready for this? Spiritual gifts are specific qualities given by God to each believer to minister to one another. We need each other almost as much as we need Christ. And so that is why Christ has gifted us each a gift. And that's why the Bible says that some have the gift of preaching and some have the gift of teaching or leadership or serving or generosity or mercy. Over and over and over again, God reminds us of his goodness to us through these gifts. You are gifted by God to make an impact for God. Now look at verse 5. These gifts are given then for a variety of service, but the same Lord. God's church is not meant to be a spectating venture. As all Christians have some gift, one gift, just not the same gift. Uh, the word Paul uses here for varieties is of different kinds, uh, allotments. Paul is emphasizing here the diversity of gifts God gives his church. God, through the Holy Spirit, distributes these gifts in many forms, in many ways. God looks at his people, and he looks at where he places them. And he gathers them together in his church. He says, well, some I'm going to give the gift of teaching, and some I'm going to give the gift of service, and some I'm going to give the gift of generosity, and some I'm going to give the mercy, and some I'm going to give the gift of you know, bacon and sugar and everything else blessed, and we're going to get after it. And we're going to continue to fulfill mission. Now, these gifts are meant to complement one another. 
not to be compared with each other. We're not to say, well, Lord, how come you gave so-and-so this gift? I wanted that gift. Or, you know, God, really? You gave this gift to them? Yeah, he did. He's in charge. He knows best. And these gifts are meant to complement each other. Now think about this. Some of you have been following the Lord for years after years after years. You see this in your own lives, do you not? You see how God at the right place at the right time brought this specific person into your class or into your ministry or even into our church. Why? Because it is God who gives gifts. A variety of gifts for service. But there's one Lord. And these gifts are not meant to compare, but to complement. It was one of our country's greatest presidents, Ronald Reagan, when he said it well. There is no limit to how far one can go as long as he doesn't care who gets the credit. Can I add a point to that? And may God, by his grace, give us more Ronald Reagans, specifically during this time. God can do anything through his church if his people only care that Jesus gets the credit. We've been gifted. We've been blessed for a specific reason. To tell and to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Every disciple then has a role to play and a task to perform. Not using God's gifts hinders God's work. For God gives his gifts with others in mind. God gifted you a gift that was meant to be used by God and for God. And that's why Paul says in verse 6, For there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Did you realize that this word activities here is used elsewhere to describe servants or deacons? It's the same word used for Jesus and his disciples. The same work that Christ used through the disciples in the Gospels is the same word Paul uses to describe us right here. With no exceptions, we were saved to serve. God empowers his disciples to participate in his ministry, which then means you matter. Your life counts. You have been given a gift by God that is meant to be used for God. <laughs> I heard this week, according to U.S. Commerce, did you realize that $12.9 billion are spent every single year on gifts that are never used? $12.9 billion a year. We spend our resources, hard-earning, on gifts that are never even used. May it never be said of us, church, that God gave us a gift and we never even used it. So what does that look like then? I mean, as I, as I walk out of here and do life, what does that look like? Well, in summary, Paul gives us verse 7. He says, to each is given then a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, this is so important. Christians receive at least 
one gift from God, as God is the source of all spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit gives a gift to every believer in every church to help for our good and God's glory. And that is why today is the day that you can discover your gift, that you can identify your gift. God has a purpose to fulfill his mission in your life. And we are his workmanship in Christ, Paul says in Ephesians 2.10. In light of who God is and what he has done through Christ, it's time for us to get to work, to live by faith, to move forward every single day to allow God to use you in ways in which only God gets the glory. It could be as simple today as you texting step to 45776. We have created an entire new ministry at First Baptist called Next Steps. And by God's grace, we've had just over 100 people engage in this new ministry in a handful of months. But as you and I continue to reach BA and beyond, to take the gospel to the hundreds of thousands of people that live in the Tulsa metropolitan area, it is our desire that every believer, every Christ follower, live on mission to fulfill what God has commanded us to do for his glory. Which then means it is time for us to take a step. And the moment you text STEP to 45776, we'll have a team member from our Next Steps team that will follow up and meet you as we reach BA and beyond by multiplying disciples to follow Jesus. As we every day live by faith. Faith that knows that you are gifted by God to make an impact. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that someone's life has changed. That someone's family will never be the same. That someone receives their purpose, fulfillment in life. That someone gets a new start by receiving a new heart by having their mind renewed in Christ, by being a part of a family that has no end and just a beginning. Oh God, all of the miracles and wonders and joy that comes with those who follow Jesus. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, perhaps you're here this morning and you desire to do just that. You're tired of running and wandering aimlessly in a pursuit, in a journey that seems to never end. Can I tell you that you weren't made for such a pursuit? You weren't made for such a path? And even though all of us have been on that walk at one time in our lives, now the Lord was gracious. We heard about Jesus Christ, God's Son, who knew it was impossible for us to walk and earn our way to Him. So He came to us 
and live the life that we were supposed to live. For he was like us in every way, yet without sin. Gave the death that you and I were supposed to give. For the wages of sin is death. And the full wrath of God, the Bible says, was laid upon him. But by his iniquities, we are healed. By his stripes, we can receive life. And you today can stop walking and running away from your destiny. And you can give your life to Jesus Christ right now. And God can transform your life, change it moment by moment, day by day, from the inside out. Are you ready to give your life to Christ? By God's grace, we see it every weekend here. Life change that is real and lasting. So if you're here this morning and you desire a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just raise your hand right now? I would love to pray for you and over you. I'd love to give you some next steps on what a relationship with Christ looks like. Just raise your hand right now. I'm going to give my life completely to Jesus Christ as Lord. Just raise your hand right now. Praise God for you, sir. Anybody else? Raise your hand right now. Straight up. Anybody else? Perhaps you're watching online and you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. Would you just grab out your phone right now and text Jesus to 45776? If you're here in the audience, you can do the same. Just text Jesus to 45776. By God's grace, we're seeing more and more people do this. We have a team member right now who's ready to partner with you. You can also just type Jesus right there on the comment section. We've got a team member who would love to connect with you. Perhaps you do know the Lord. And you hear a sermon like you heard today from a text that maybe you've heard before. It's time to take a step. It's time for you to be in that sweet spot of life. Of following God's word and his will and his way. And you can do that today. Text STEP to 45776. We've got a team member who's ready to meet with you. Or right after these services, you can head out and you can go to our Connect Center and there'll be someone who's ready to meet with you. Father, we give you all of these things and we celebrate who you are and what you're doing in our lives. We love you, King Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen. What an incredible Sunday. Church, can we give the Lord a round of applause for one salvation this morning? God bless you, sir. Like I said, if anyone's here and you want more information on what a relationship with Jesus looks like, we have a connect card right in front of you. Grab that out, fill it out, text Jesus to 45776. Go to our Connect Center right after these services. I'm going to be hanging out there and doing life and just so excited about what the Lord is doing in through our church. We praise God for baptism today in our 945 service, baptism again in our 11 o'clock service for the next five weeks here at First Baptist Broken Arrow. We're celebrating life change Sunday by Sunday by Sunday. This is just the beginning of what God wants to do in and through us. We also have a quarterly business meeting today right after the 11 o'clock service. Now, quarterly business meetings here are historically brief. 
full but short. And we look forward to carrying on that tradition. And so we'll see you right after the 11 o'clock service. We'll have a clock that says, hey, 10 minutes, we're going to start. You can come in. We've got a lot to celebrate. We ended the year, by God's grace, just in a tremendous position financially. Uh, we're off to a, a good start in 2021. Uh, we praise God for new ministries that are starting in 2021. And as they come up to stage, I want to introduce to you uh, several staff members that are kind of joining us to fulfill the mission God has given our church. This first couple coming is is Randy and Amy Davis. Randy is our interim pastor of spiritual development. And so that's all things groups here at First Matters Broken Arrow. We have over 40 adult groups here that meet on campus on Wednesdays and Sundays. And oh, you and I both know well, we need to triple, quadruple that number in the years to come as we continue to reach more and more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ here in Tulsa. But Randy... And Amy are just an incredible couple. Randy has been in ministry for over 30 years. And he's recently been serving for the last 15 years at Quail Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. He's coming here as our interim. Amy, she has a full-time job in Oklahoma City as well. And so be praying for Randy. He's going to be on the ground here in BA three to four days a week. Randy is not only a hard worker, he loves Jesus and he loves people. He's hyper-relational. He loves ministries and groups. By God's grace, he's been all over the country, specifically the southeast part of our country, and leading dynamic young adults, singles, and adults groups. And he's here for this specific interim time to partner with us and to help make sure that we're in the strongest position possible as we move forward in our Sunday school and small groups. So can you give him a First Baptist Broken Arrow welcome? Randy and Amy, church, church, Randy and Amy, be praying for them. As I mentioned, you know, Randy's going to be staying here, which means Amy's going to be in Oklahoma City. And so as they just head down the turnpike and everything else, just Randy, we're so grateful. We're so excited. Amy, so wonderful to meet you as well. And so church, they're going to be down here at the end of our services. Come by, welcome them to our church in like manner. Now to my left, to your right is Brandon and Candy Rogers and their son, Canaan. Brandon is coming to us from First Baptist Church of West Monroe, one of the largest churches in Louisiana. He's coming as our pastor of communications. And so this is all things communications for us. So that's, that's print media. That's things you're going to see on our website. We have a new website coming, new branding, social media strategies, digital strategies. We have thousands of people watching us online. God loves you. We love you. We can't wait to connect those gaps. And so Brandon is going to come. He's, he's one of the most uniquely gifted and qualified communicators from a communication standpoint in God's church right now. And so we're excited just about this partnership. It's just something the Lord has put together. Candy, be praying for Candy. She is a sixth grade English teacher at Childress Junior High, and they just went virtual. So welcome to BA, and now you're online. And so kind of be praying for that. But can you welcome this couple? This is their son, Canaan. Look at this guy right here, huh? The Lord's good. Guys, we love you already so much. Uh, Brandon and Candy and Canaan, they're going to be hanging down here as well. Church, come by. Welcome them to our church. Just, hey, continue to look up. Continue to be reminded of how good the Lord is to us. Continue to be focused. Don't, don't start watching this stuff. Don't, don't get caught up in social media. No, no, no. You, you follow Christ. You, you look to Christ. He's our King. He's our Lord. And He's at work. He's at work in and through us. And as you walk out of here and do life, he loves you and I love you. And we'll see you next Sunday as we study the scriptures together at First Baptist Broken Arrow. I love you, sweet church. You're dismissed. Have a great day.